Lord, as we go into this month of concentrating on encountering, Lord, would you help us to encounter you, all of us, in ways that change us forever? One moment with you, Jesus, and everything changes. Lord, I pray for your presence and your anointing on the thoughts that we're sharing and that you would stir our hearts to greater things. Amen. Our theme um, during January, and indeed the year, but specifically we wanted to start this year, concentrating on encounter, encounters with Jesus. Uh, This isn't just a theme for us, it's a desire for every person that connects to Family Church. When I'm praying for you and we're praying for you, we're praying at the top of a list. Jesus, let every person and every family encounter you in a new, fresh, vibrant way. Now, when we look at the journey of different people within Family Church, some people have walked with the Lord for a number of years and other people have just started to walk with him lately. But when we're praying for you during January, we're going to be praying that for some people, maybe you encounter Jesus for the first time. That you've been coming to church, somebody brought you to church, but during this month, you have a very, very real encounter with the person of Jesus that you will never, ever forget. Maybe you're here and you've encountered Jesus before. We're praying that you would have a fresh encounter, a new encounter with the Lord. But also maybe you've encountered the Lord many times. We're praying that you would have your greatest encounter with Jesus today. Amen. We're conscious that people are in different places with the Lord, but I really believe that every one of us has a place in our life for a fresh encounter, not just with church or with the mission, but with the person who gave the mission, Jesus. Now, the good news is God is always wanting to reveal himself to us in closer and deeper ways, isn't he? The Bible says that he's the rewarder of those who will diligently seek him or make him their pursuit. So as we go in with a heart to encounter Jesus in a new way, we know that we're not doing something that's contrary to the will of God. God wants us, each and every one, to experience him and encounter him in fresh and new ways. For us, I don't believe it's striving, but it is posturing posturing our life for fresh encounter. You know, we read of the encounter of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had to climb a tree to get that encounter. Without striving, we need to position our lives to meet Jesus in a new way. What if Zacchaeus hadn't climbed a tree? What if a woman with the issue of blood couldn't have been bothered or was passive regarding pushing through the crowd? They would have missed out on an encounter It was life-changing. We don't want anyone missing out on God encounters, encounters of the God kind. So we're saying that Zacchaeus positioned his life or postured his life physically. He climbed a tree. For us, it's often about posturing our heart, isn't it? Lord, I pull away from other things. I set my focus on you. Yes, Lord, when we gather together, we want to meet you in a fresh way. But when I meet you alone in my times of devotion... Jesus, would your presence flood the room, I pray. It's going to be our theme this year in our messages, or in, sorry, in January, it's our theme. We're going to be speaking over the next few weeks about people who encountered Jesus. Things we need to do to posture or position ourselves for greater encounter. But also it's going to be the theme of our time of 
praying and fasting and we're going to talk about this more over the next couple of weeks but every year as a church we have a season or a moment of prayer and fasting we've done 21 days we've done two weeks this week I really felt this year I really felt that we needed just to separate one week not to religiously fast but to go after deeper encounter personally in our lives not so much fast for situations in the world but situations in us so we're going to be doing a fast together from the 16th and some people give up food altogether, other people have a partial fast, other people have social media fast. I always think that's cheap, but do it if you want to. I always think when we lay aside something that touches an appetite like food, that's fasting. Now that doesn't mean you have to full fast, you can partial fast, you can have a Daniel fast and if you're new to church we'll explain those things over the next few weeks. But we're going to be having a fast and prayer time together from the 16th to the 22nd and it's going to be about Jesus in this week I want to encounter you in a new way now in an encounter with God what happens God becomes real now God doesn't become real he is real but he becomes real to us our encountering him doesn't bring him any sense of reality he is real When we encounter him, he becomes more real (coughs) to us than he's ever been. I've been working on a thought, I haven't found a language for it yet, but I've been working on a thought recently called the actuality of God. And I believe that that's what happens when we encounter Jesus. We experience the actuality of God. God becomes more actual or real to us than he's ever been before. You see, the problem, I believe, or an issue for many people in church that love God, would call themselves Christians, is that for many people, God and Christianity is no more than a concept or an ideology or a theology. For some, Jesus is a handed down belief or hearsay from God-loving parents. He wants to be more than that. God doesn't want to be a concept or an ideology. God doesn't want to be imprisoned in theology, information about who he is. He wants to become personally real and actual in your life in a way that your life is shaped and changed not because you've learned about him but you've met him my prayer is that during this month this year we would have incredible times just like this morning he's already started where we don't just say he's here we feel him here But also my prayer is in whatever your devotional life looks like, this month you would have an encounter with Jesus that delivers him from concept, ideology or theology or even philosophy to becoming somebody who's more real to you than any other person. See, when we look at the actuality of God, the actuality to God to me is when you encounter him and in that moment everything changes changes. 
or comes alive in a new way. It's a moment of time when he becomes so very, very real. Does anybody want that? Hey, I'm going after it. You're welcome to follow me. If you don't, do what you want. I'm going after Jesus this year. I'm going after a relationship with Christ that's better and bigger than I've ever had before. Anyone want to come along? Come on, it's going to be awesome. See, actuality, when you study it in the dictionary, it says it's the state of something existing in reality. Now, we don't doubt the existence of God. Nothing we do proves that. But do we experience the genuine experience or existence of God in our lives? The quality or state of something being real. Now, there's an example you could know of a person and suddenly when you meet them, your concept of them changes. Has that ever happened? I never met Elvis. Wanted to. But I had a concept of Elvis, but I'm sure if I would have met him physically, my concept would have been replaced by experience. People have often met with me and said, oh, you're different to what we thought you would be. And I said, worse or better? Sometimes they answer, sometimes they don't. They say, we heard this about you, Andy, but meeting you, you're different. You see, they move from concept to actuality. I want us to move from levels of concept about God to actuality that we know him because we've been with him. Now, God wants us to know him, not just know about him. I'm believing this year, this month, for us to have, I call them Bethel moments, where suddenly we have encounters with Jesus where he goes from being known to being more real than we ever imagined he could be. I want to pick up again on the storyline in Genesis 28 of a man called Jacob. I spoke about him on the online message last week. But I want to look at this storyline of this man called Jacob. Jacob was a man who had a very spiritual father and he had a very, very spiritual grandfather. Jacob was a descendant of Isaac and Abraham. He'd been raised in a godly house. He'd heard about God. He wasn't absent of concept, theology or understanding that there was a God. But there wasn't yet a trigger point where the God of his father had become his God. And in this moment when he has a dream, he experiences something that I'm terming more and more, the actuality of God. And in that moment where Jacob met God for himself, everything changed. The way he walked, the way he talked, the way he thought. Now you can read about this in Genesis 28, but I'm going to pick up the storyline in verse 16. So he's on a journey. He never had an appointment with God. He's going from one place to another. He's getting on with his life. He believed in God because he was the son of Isaac and the grandchild of Abraham. He wasn't absent of information. And he's on a journey and he doesn't realise he comes to a place called Bethel. And this is a place, a moment of divine appointment. Oh, Father, give us moments of divine appointment this year. Amen. And all of a sudden, he has a dream. He says he gets a rock and he goes to sleep. Strange pillow if you ask me, but when you're tired, you'll sleep anywhere, right? And he sets up this rock and he goes to sleep. And in this dream, 
You know the story. He experiences what is known as Jacob's ladder, where he's on the earth. He looks up and at the end of a staircase or the top of a staircase, there's God. And there's ministering spirits going up and down. And God speaks to him in that moment of subconscious or dream state in such a way that when he wakes up, his life has changed. Now, we're not dealing with a sinner. We're not dealing with somebody who never knew God. We're dealing with a man who was living to some degree in the experience of God that his legacy fathers had given him. Now listen to what happens when he wakes up. Everybody with me? When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. The issue wasn't that God wasn't there. The issue was an unawareness of his presence. God was always there. He suddenly became aware He was afraid and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gateway of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob got up and uh, he took the stone from under his head and he set it up as a pillar, poured oil on it and he called the place Bethel. I love this story because you've got Jacob having a moment of encounter where the God of his fathers became actual to him. And when you read on from that moment, he then wrestles with God and his life is changed forever. Okay, four quick things on this. Number one, he experienced an awakening to the reality or the actuality of God and his presence with him. Don't you want that? I do. Lord, I know you are with me. I want to feel you with me. I'm alone, am I? Anybody else? Lord, my Sunday school teachers told me you were with me. I want to know you with me in a way that it shapes my life. Number two, the God of his fathers that he'd heard about suddenly in one moment became his God. In some ways, he was living off of the hearsay or the legacy of his mum and dad and his granddad and his grandma. But in this moment of encountering God for himself, He moved from concept and hearsay to suddenly ownership. Number three, a God who had always been real became real to him in that moment. Maybe you've come to church over the years and you've seen other people enjoying the reality of God, yet you felt like you were outside of the party, watching others. Oh, that the Lord this year would take away every window and barrier that every person would feel the close presence of God in their lives. And number four, instantly things change in his life. Remember, he was a thief, he was a liar, he was a con man. And all of a sudden, you see him living completely different. At the end of that chapter, it says, and he took 10% of everything he had and tithed. No one told him to. The moment God became actual, his finances were sorted out also. See, the actuality of God is what we need. When God becomes actual, everything we are and we do finds its true purpose, its original design and changes. We suddenly realise the why, or should I say the who, behind what we're doing. 
We no longer need some of the external motivations and incentives we want needed. The begging of the pastor. Will you serve children's church? Will you get on? These motivations and incentives are replacements for a personal understanding of the actuality of God and the purpose of his church on the earth. God wants to replace some of the other things we've used as incentives. The things that get us to church, we need to remove those lesser incentives and say, God becomes so real to me, so real to me. I'll come when I need to come. I'll serve like I need to serve. I'll give like I should give. And it won't be driven by man, but by something so deep in me of a knowledge of your reality in my life. It's like a missing ingredient that could make everything wonderful. Now, I've done a little bit of cooking over the years. I had a season a few years ago where I was making bread. I became a little bit of a baker. And I always remembered that you can make bread, but there's often one key ingredient that makes everything else make sense. It's called yeast. <laughs> but sometimes you can have a bowl and you can have all the ingredients in the bowl. You've got the flour, the flour's good. You've got the grease or the marge, that's good. You've got the water, that's good. You've got the sugar, the salt, that's good. But yet something's not rising. <laughs> something's not happening with the bread. Sometimes you can eat at people's houses and think there's just something missing. <laughs> there's I'm not looking at anyone. I did this last time. I looked at Carla. I'm not looking at anyone. Sometimes you can eat at people's homes and go, that was delicious, but there was a missing ingredient. What if everything we do as church, calling ourselves church, is all brilliant? We just need God to add an ingredient that will bring everything together that we would see revival. Not man-made stuff, where we sing and remain unchanged. God revival, where we encounter him and we're changed forever. Because you can have all the ingredients in the bowl you see, but it's the moment you add yeast and you stir in the yeast, that the yeast brings every other ingredient together and all of a sudden this lump of dough begins to rise with supernatural life. What if the missing ingredient isn't us serving, building church, worshipping, giving? All those ingredients are good. What if we're in a moment where God adds the actuality of who he is? The reality of who he is. Not just when we're together, but when we're alone. And everything in the bowl begins to change. You see, when the actuality of God, we move from concept, ideology, theology, hearsay, hand-me-down, and we come into a moment where we're drawn to our knees and we say, God, the God who is real, you have just become very real to me. Everything in the bowl changes. It's funny, being a pastor, sometimes you look out and you think, we're doing everything we should be doing, but the result doesn't look like what we should be seeing. It's like when I look at worship, all right, we've got the best music I think we've ever had. We've got the best instruments, we've got incredible songs, we've got a smoke machine, we've got lights, we've got a passionate team. But yeah, I look out on some Sundays and I see some lost in worship, but I see others like this. Yeah. <laughs> 
May I put to you, there's no problem with the other ingredients. The problem is an absence of the actuality of God in your life. Because if you believed he was worthy to be worshipped, you would worship him. That wasn't very nice, was it? Come on, what we actually believed is demonstrated in what we do. Do you believe the Lord's worthy of worship? No, you don't. You're pretending. You have a degree of belief. God wants to bring you from a degree of belief that when we have opportunity to worship, we have trouble stopping. Actuality changes everything. It turns people from karaoke worship into a level of intimacy where you're saying, don't stop, don't stop, smudge Janine, don't stop. Do it, Lord. See, the Great Commission is brilliant. It's got incredible ingredients. We know that there's a fallen world, but we don't know as we ought. We know that Christ has given us a commission and the reality that our loved ones, our friends and families will go to hell if they don't have an opportunity to respond to Christ. Everybody believe that? Three of you, that's wonderful. We're going to change the world, aren't we? But yet when we leave the building, none of us tell our friends and family about Jesus. Maybe we're rich in information, but we're actually deficit in actuality. You see, when we actually believe that when people we love die, they go to a lost eternity where they'll be separated from God forever. That belief, if it was actual, would stir our hearts beyond passivity, procrastination and fear. You'd have to stop us sharing Jesus, not make us share Jesus. See, the ingredients are wonderful, aren't they? But it all comes together when God becomes actual. Our serving and our giving, no longer you need to be encouraged, you need to be stopped. There's this wonderful passage in in the Old Testament where Moses takes up an offering. He says, right, we've got to take up an offering for the building for what God wants to do on the earth. And he takes up an offering and during the offering, his ushers come to him and say, listen, the people won't stop bringing. We've got more than enough. And Moses has, I can give you the verse if you want to see it later on. Moses has to stand up in front of the people and say, stop it, you animals. You're giving too much. Just stop it. We've got more than what we need. Yes, Lord. But you see, These are moments that came after the children of Israel experiencing God for themselves. The actuality of God is what we want from an encounter with him. But when we encounter him, we don't find religion or obligation, but we find an inner motivation. God, whatever I need to lose, I'll lose it for more of you. God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Wherever you want me to serve, I'll serve. Whenever I can give, I'll give. You say I'm manipulating you. I say you're living in passivity. Imagine where our worship could go, guys. I had a taste of this morning and it was good. It was good. 
I honestly believe we're on the edge of a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. I had trouble with Christmas this year. I had trouble getting into it because I was so excited about what God was going to do this year, to tell you the truth. Don't get me wrong, I loved the food. I loved meeting my family. I loved spending time with the family. I'm not Captain Killjoy. But almost in my heart, there was a, Lord, I know that 2023 is going to be a year where your people find you and encounter you in such levels of actuality, their lives are changed forever. Can we just get to January already? <clears throat> We're on the edge of a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. I really believe that God's Spirit's going to be moving again, but we can't presume it's going to look like what we saw before. When God does a new thing, it's the next thing and it's the now thing. We don't need any more conferences where everybody jumps up and down for two and a half days and then lives like it never happened. (laughs) We don't need any more conferences where everyone in the building falls in love with God, but the community haven't got a clue what's going on in the building. We need a move of the Spirit that affects people who are in the church, but also outside of the church. We need a move of the Spirit that brings God from being a concept, a theology, an ideology, a philosophy, or merely hearsay, or a historical figure, to being the one that we love more than any other. Not that we don't love others. We just love him more. Is this okay? I'm just sharing my heart with you. Is this okay? I just want to stir something in you. See, the Holy Spirit, he moves and he awakens us. Whenever you see the Holy Spirit move, he always causes an awakening. Jacob had an awakening at Bethel. Jacob loved God. Jacob had walked with God. Jacob had known God. But in this moment called Bethel, the Spirit of God awoken his heart to the reality and actuality of a God that was real and really with him. My prayers for you are dangerous prayers. I'm praying that God wakes some of you up in the night and you just feel him in the room. I'm praying that you would wake up in the morning praying prayers that you weren't praying when you went to bed because even in your dreams you spent time with him. You know that God's not locked out of your dreams, right? In fact, God does some of his best work when I'm asleep because I'm out of the way. (laughs) I think that's why he sent Abraham to sleep and Jacob. He's like, we just need to get you out of the way. You're the problem. Let me talk to the real you by putting you asleep. We're praying for you, church, that this month won't be a token month, but it'll be a significant one. You see, the ministry of the Spirit is always to bring things from a state of concept into a state of actuality. Now, Where do we see that? In the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, you've got the presence of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You've got the Father, you've got the Word, you've got the Spirit. And in the opening chapters of creation, you see God speak, right? We've all read Genesis. And God says, let there be. Yet nothing is until the Holy Spirit takes the Word that's been spoken that's concept 
and transforms it into actual presence. God said, let there be. The Holy Spirit took hold of what God had spoken and suddenly what God had spoken became visual. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is always to bring things from concept or ideology, theology, man's wisdom of belief, into a state of reality that our lives are never the same ever again. You see, when you read about the encounters of people in the Gospels, they weren't momentarily experiences. They were life changes. <laughs> they caused people that never knew him to know him and never to not know him again. They caused people that knew him to know him in ways they'd never known him. And they could never reverse back to previous experience. This month, family church, join us in prayer. Give us encounter, Lord. Give us encounters with you, Jesus, that change us. Change us. And even change the city called us. God, give us encounters of your Holy Spirit this year that rock who we are to the core of who we are, that shake away every excuse and apathy, that we would step forward into that which you always wanted us to know. Lord, in our services, we leave behind pathetic passive worship we posture and position to experience you. But also, Lord, would you allow what you do in here to be done out there? Lord, would you cause it that suddenly your spirit is breaking out in lives in supermarkets? That all of a sudden there's a single mother walking through the corridors of Tesco. And she's suddenly overcome with an understanding of the reality of God. And in the midst of Tesco, without the help of any other person, a lady would fall to her knees and say, He's real! <laughs> that you're walking through commercial road and there's no street preacher. Nothing has motivated the result. And also a man that's been journeying through life, confused, addicted, right by the fountain in Commercial Road, without warning, without instruction, falls to his knees and says, God, you're real! What's happening? God is moving from concept to reality. God wants to become more real <laughs> to us than he's ever been before. You see, everything else is attached to your encounter with him. Unless you encounter him, you'll give and you'll serve because you have to. When you encounter him, you don't have a problem starting, you have a problem stopping. Think about the things that we say we believe, yet the evidence of what we do means we don't believe as we should. The Apostle Paul said that in the book of Corinthians. He says, let the person who claims they know, let them know they don't know as they could.
Lord, take us from the degree of knowing you that we've had to a degree that reshapes us and everything we do. Because we can make so many statements from the stage. Church, should we worship God because he's worthy? Yeah! Absence of actuality of what we believe. How many people believe we need to raise up an army of young people to shape a nation? Um, We haven't got enough kids workers. Actuality causes us to put legs on the things we claim to believe. How many people believe their loved ones are going to hell if they don't get a chance to receive Christ? Yeah, pastor. Are you telling them? Then maybe we're guilty, all of us to some degree, of not knowing as we should. But all of a sudden the wind changes. The spirit blows. We're awoken. And everything we've believed suddenly makes sense. And like Jacob, we arise from an awakening, ready to serve him, give him everything, walk with him all of our days. We don't need incentive or motivation. He is enough. Jesus, Jesus, would you meet with us this month? Jesus, we humble our hearts. We don't want to play Christian games. We don't want to go through the motions of Christianity. We don't want to be Sunday Christians. We don't want to have two modes. We don't want to be living one way and then living another. God, we want a sameness in our life that comes from us knowing you, not just when we're together, but when we're alone in the room. Jesus, would you become so real? Jesus, we welcome your presence. You don't come when we worship. You were always here. We suddenly notice you. You don't speak when we start listening. You're constantly speaking. It's when we listen that we hear you. God, let your actuality. I pray for family church, Lord. I pray for every man, woman and child, including me and my household. And we say, Jesus, would you take us beyond the doorway of concept, theology, hand me down hearsay, of you, Jesus, being some historical figure who was a good guy. Would you bring us into something so real our lives are impacted to the degree that we can never be the same again? Father, this is my prayer for me and for us. Meet us with joy and life in the corridors of this month called January. Touch our lives and we will be changed. Just mind every head's bowed, every eye's closed. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, if you're here today and you've been away from God and you suddenly realise it's time to come back, if you're here today and you feel separated from God in any way, like the relationship broke down but nobody spoke about it, if you want to get real with God today with fresh encounter and you say, yeah, yeah, that's me today. I'm going to ask you, you've already prayed the prayer in your heart. I'm going to ask you just to be bold and I'm going to ask you to lift your hands when you count to three just so I can connect with you. The Holy Spirit can connect with your humility and just say, yeah, let's change this. If there's anyone today that's never given their life to Christ, 
past or you've backslidden or you know that you need to get right with God, when I count to three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand boldly with courage. One, two, three. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? I love that boldness there. God bless you. Anybody else? And you say, me too, me too. God bless you. I see a hand at the back there. God bless you. Father, I pray that you would flood these lives with moments of your reality. Lord, I just bless these lives and I thank you for them. Lord, I pray for Family Church as we step from one year into another, that in our knowledge of you, this would truly be our best year yet. Amen. Hey, I love you, Family Church. I really do. From, from deeper than you could imagine, I love you. Let's purpose from day one. We're not going to sing along in worship. We're going to worship him like he's here. We're not going to read his book to gain facts, but to hear his voice. We're not going to treat the church like something we do on Sundays, but something we're a part of for the rest of our days. The Lord bless you. Have an incredible week. Amen.